Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. Which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome, welcome. This is episode 5 of Riding the Pine. I'm Hondo, here with Gee. Gee, what's up? What up? Oh man, I love this show. I love this show, and it's just like, it's so awesome to be back in basketball. It's so awesome to be so close to the Olympics, getting getting played and kind of leading us closer and closer to the season. It's just be a epic. fandom, a yeah. fandom that I'm going to be, I'm going to be at. We're going to be so jazzed for this next season. Dude, we're so jazzed right now. We oh, I'm so no jazzed. Idea. It's, it's August. It's yeah. literally <laughs> it's like dog days. Like we're, dog we're, days. I'm just scrapping the internet trying to find something. All right. We're going to kick it, kick it off this week with this week in basketball. So starting, we're going to start with league activity. The part that I want to start on this week is really around the Olympics. Basically, the whole world is kind of looking at the Olympics and the Olympic stage. And I think it, the role of the NBA is kind of interesting here. The role of the NBA is around the 46 players from the NBA that are involved in the Olympics. I just think that has, it just shows the, one, the amount of talent that the NBA is producing and, and producing as part of this, this international league play. But there's such a diversity in the teams that are represented here. So I, you know, I think I, it, it goes without question that the U S team is super strong. They're representing 12 players but there's a series of other teams. You get into into teams like Spain, Australia, France, and Brazil. Spain having seven, Australia having five, France having five, Brazil having five. Um, but it's just it's diversity, and it's like it's players from kind of everywhere. It feels to me like the U.S. is so good, and we'll get into this in our feature segment. But the U.S. is so good just by the sheer numbers they have versus the other teams. Do you do you have the same opinion or no? I mean, what is our record since the inauguration of basketball in the Olympics? It's well, like- so we've won. <laughs> we'll we'll get into this, but yeah, we've won like fourteen gold medals since yeah. it started. Wild and so- very predictable that we'll probably do it again. Yeah, <laughs> but it's I, I think the diversity. The diversity in players and, and players kind of going back to their home teams yeah. and, and back to their home countries to play. I think that that shows the globalism in the game. We've talked about this in prior episodes, but really the Olympics is that global that global sports period. And it's that time to, to kind of reach out to those people who may not watch the NBA or may not watch kind of regular season, right. even like country ball. They're like... They're really only watching the Olympics because the Olympics is kind of on in full force. So I want to continue with this uh, 
the league activity this week. Like I said, a little bit of a light week, but I there is speculation that the all-star game is finalizing in new orleans it sounds highly probable that it's going to go to new orleans for 2017 do you think is there anything kind of in the back of your head that says it might switch might go somewhere else um yeah well i think maybe owners of the league might have some sort of outcry uh, reception to that because it was in the past two years it was in new orleans so they're in full support of the change from Charlotte, so they should be in full support of what the NBA decides where it should go. Sure. But um, I, I would be all aboard on like a Vegas or you know, somewhere that's um, already prepared, like maybe in LA. But I would also be a fan of them going to Vegas because I could, I could really make a trip around going oh. to the NBA All Star oh, yeah. Game in Las Vegas. Oh yeah, just having a great time. But New Orleans would be just great. So. I have, I have no real opinions, man. Sorry. I think no, it's I, it's it, it's really a lighter news no, thing, have, and it just it doesn't seem to me like there's going to be. They've already made this huge statement about switching it from Charlotte to New Orleans, I don't or see potentially much. switching it to New Orleans. So it's just like I think it's just a formality at this point. Yeah, it's just a formality to kind of lock it in. Right. So on real light news, <laughs> I want to get into a couple things. One, LeBron kind of mentioned chasing the ghost of Jordan. <laughs> Do you think he could ever catch Jordan? Do you do you think it, this is like I mean this is this like I said is a light topic but he is he is kind of chasing one of the best ever and I know I know you love talking about LeBron but the uh <laughs> um do you think it's even possible? M- Michael is just he's the epitome of kind of greatness in the league. Oh, uh, it's impossible. I think it's still aspirational as a player as a player of LeBron's level to to admit that he's looking up to somebody and he's chasing someone, and I think that's okay. Yep. Do I think I think it's a separate question of if he'll if he'll ever catch him, well, and he won't ever catch him because he, he's he had he hasn't won in every finals that he's been a part of. He's been in a lot of finals, <laughs> and in order to chase it, there's a lot of in play. There's a lot in play right now. There's nothing that he's taken over. I think so. I mean, but, that's really all I have, and I, th- I think that. Why I say it's impossible is that the league is so different from what it was, and it was so dominant, like, by Jordan was so dominant, and he was the face of the league. I think LeBron was and now isn't. That has some uh, weight to it. I also would say that LeBron is at the tail end of his career peak. The tail end of his peak of of, of the career. Where Jordan hit hit his championships during his prime. Yeah, but... (laughs) <laughs> I I still think from from a player like LeBron who's won a championship, you know you want to win that first championship and you want to repeat it and he's you know he's he's done that. So when you're at the certain level, I still think you're 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 trying to chase greatness and you're trying to propel yourself forward. And I I think you have to look at the best there is or the best there was to continue to push yourself. To push well, yourself in that direction, and I know you can't. I know you can't catch it, but baseball players, baseball players are always doing this. Baseball players are always trying to catch the best ever. And it's like they might get them on certain stats, but they might not get them on others. You know, as fans, I I think we're all better off when the greatest athletes are are motivated are motivated to put on the best performance that they can. <laughs> Hilarious, right? They're motivated. They're the entertainment. They they're getting paid millions. They should be motivated, but um. Well, they should uh, be motivated, I, I do, but I they do. don't have to be motivated. Yeah, I guess is my that's, that's I guess true. is my point. But we, you know, we can we can tackle that in another segment. But um, yeah, I guess championships are everything. Stats are only as stats are meaningless if you don't win at all. So okay, so kind of staying in that lighter news realm, 
I want to talk about a little Twitter post from from Enos Cantor dissing Durant. So it's like, <laughs> I love does it. does Cantor have the ability to go to go and diss somebody of Durant's level? I mean, yeah, he can do every, whatever he fucking wants. Everything's kind of fair on, definitely in the Twitterverse. Like everything's fair, yeah. but like. Does a player of Cantor's level have the ability to just step in there and just <laughs> rock insults against one of one of the great players that he played with and right. one of the great players in the league? Well, I I love it because it's just it's kind of kitschy, it's fun, it's playful. I don't sure. think he's really really going at Durant at all okay. because they they did really well, you know. So yeah, and he left kind of like that, and now it's a yeah. new team. So he can kind of do whatever he wants because it's his team now, right? Sure. Or Cantor is part of the Thunder still. I loved what he did with uh, Durant's jersey, and he kind of made it an Oladipo jersey. <laughs> that just made me so happy. It's like, I, all, you, all you Durant fans, this is, all, this is all you need to do is get a little duct tape. Yeah, <laughs> number five. And come on. I mean, it's fun. It's, no, it's it's fun. It's uh, The offseason is kind of um, is slowly becoming a, a – not really an off season. It's all about basketball still, but yeah. uh, you know, with Twitter, with Instagram, with Snapchat, there's some pretty crazy storylines. Like what's happening with Draymond Green? <laughs> Maybe we can get into it because it's been dog days this week. Yeah, but like Draymond Green is just in the news. Uh, he's in and the he's news. In the nude. The- in the in the news, in the nude, all the wrong reasons. This yeah. guy, this guy is just like bar what fights. Just, just take a break. D picks, man. Just like, just literally, just stay out of the news, or just like hire a PR person for a oh, couple man. of bucks, and just like maybe just, this is a PR move. Just, just like do pr- protect yourself, like yeah. unless you're trying is. to be in porn or something. That's interesting. I, this it, may be intentional that he's doing this intentionally. I. I don't know. I don't know. That, but then it was just kind of funny how Team USA just kind of, you know, rallied around it and kind of yeah. like during their workout videos, during the interview sessions, they were grabbing their crotch so <laughs> no one could take a picture of him. Or, you know, <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know. I think yeah. he's doing some weird stuff. I don't know where he's at. But, like, you know, I think it's it's really the lighter side of basketball this week that I've, that I've been seeing. And I did you watch the video of – of everybody singing on the plane. Oh, down yeah. The video. That's pretty that, funny. Th- that's pretty funny. Some, well, uh, with, especially with uh, Carmelo just kind of sitting back like, yeah. oh, Carmelo is definitely the – he's the aspiring politician amongst the amongst the crew. So he's kind of like – he's kind of just chilling there, which which I find pretty funny. That's interesting you said that. I think he's <laughs> trying to like be a bigger person than basketball right now. Yeah. <laughs> but you're still a basketball player, buddy. It's mellow. So, so it's just like <laughs> – I find that pretty funny. Yeah, I find I, it very. I want to talk about another another interesting lighter topic, and that's the the Team USA getting a cruise ship in Rio. So, so I good. was dying. I was yeah. dying uh, looking at uh, Andrew Bogut assembling his shower oh. in the in the Olympic Village. Oh. It was just like it didn't fit him, and yeah. like I think the shower fell off the right. fell off the rack. So he was just like. <laughs> He's just like spilling, getting water everywhere. These are like the greatest athletes in the world, and they, we're treating them like shit. Like, wow, well, Rio is just treating everybody but like shit. In so. Beijing, in like 2012, <laughs> like we had some really terrible housing conditions, and they had to like live in this, and they documented it. Like this is what we're living in. Like I remember they were just rushing the building, the construction of it, and there was like half walls. Yeah, there wasn't even a complete wall built. Yeah, so I, that gets into like the. The dynamics of the Olympics, and you know, 
I don't know if it's like best served here, but it's just like it seems to me like the the Olympics it, it just doesn't make sense how it's put together. It's it's it like really doesn't. it really it it wants to be inclusive and representative of all the countries out there, but like financially and resource wise it's like not every country can support the olympics and they can't all support the olympics on these aggressive time schedules it's like yeah i get i get get the sense you're advanced though don't they well they they do but like (laughs) projects fail oh yeah oh yeah projects fail and you know this you're in architecture like it's just it takes a long time for these processes to go through and just like in highly bureaucratic countries and all this all this red tape it just seems like it seems like it's so poorly done and yeah. these last they don't these last the couple plate. olympics have just have just highlighted the fact like it needs to be kind of do we need this olympic structure that we have yeah. or can we just renovate existing areas and can we can we kind of put in place a new structure for the olympics but you know I don't. I don't know what the right answer is. Well, I it, think the right answer is let's define priorities and like let's make a a Trello list of what needs to be done. Yes. In terms of okay, players are priority. Yeah. Sports the the Olympic athletes are priority. Yeah. Location is a priority for the city. Yeah. And for the bidding, and then it needs to be completely about the players. So whatever the players need and want. Mm-hmm. They have to have in preparation because they're training their whole lives for this. Yeah. And if you give them a faulty living condition, yeah. like maybe there's some politics in play. Like you make them question their night at a hotel, mm-hmm. the next morning they perform poorly and then it's a, a stretch of a rigged Olympic event. Yeah. You and, need to that's, really and that's unfortunate make it how much time we spend. completely fair for everyone. And so, yeah, the NBA players took it upon themselves to – Get a cruise boat and stay in a cruise boat. Yeah. <laughs> and good for them. It's NBA players and WNBA players, I believe. Yeah. And it's like, you know, nighttime I, in the Apollo. <laughs> I do like the fact, though, that Carmelo came out and said, he's like, it's not easy being on a cruise ship. Oh and I God. was just like, I was laughing pretty hard. He's like, it's not out there at sea. It's not out there at <laughs> oh, sea. Okay. It's, you know, it's just like a floating hotel, you know. I, I, you I'm paraphrasing, but it, it was like, <laughs> it was like, no, this is way better. Yeah. <laughs> this is way better than the Olympic Village, at least what, what I've weirdo. seen. Um, I, but, I love the fact that they're doing this because they get to, um, well, what is it? Like, the Olympics are almost like three weeks, three and a half weeks, and yeah. they're playing, you know, five games or five plus, like, five or six games in yeah. a matter of three weeks. Yeah. There's a lot of downtime. They're probably the best of the best, you know. They don't have to really train during this time. No. Um, they're probably living it up as much as they can. By the way, they're on a cruise boat in really ideal situations and an <laughs> unideal location. So, you know, guess what's happening in their you know, no, we'll leave that to the uh, to the, to listeners, the Snapchat to the to the listeners' imagination and their personal Snapchats. <laughs> um, all right, I want to move from kind of the league activity into gameplay this week. Really, gameplay—it's light on gameplay. It's really light on gameplay. There was an exhibition match on the first, so this is this is uh, four days ago. Uh, the last exhibition game versus Nigeria. U.S. absolutely dominated Nigeria. A couple stats from that game. Uh, Carmelo led all all points, scoring with 19. Kyle Lowry had 11 dimes. Uh, DeAndre Jordan with nine boards. We have multiple players shooting over 50% from, th- from three. You know, 
including Clay. I think Clay was like five for nine from three. So you know what? It's just like Nigeria is an, uh, an exhibition game, warm up game. You know those stat lines are are okay, but it's just like everybody had okay games. I, I think as I'm analyzing the stats, I find this kind of interesting that you know you don't have like those extremely dominating like blowout performances. I feel like the Olympic team is better than even some of the other all-star teams and that you don't have somebody chasing kind of like 40 or 50 points. It's just like, Hey, I'm going to score, I'm going to score 15 to 20 points and I'm going to be okay with it right. because I got a bunch of other guys that are, that are probably going to do the same <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I think, uh, what was the, who was the team? Uh, this was against Nigeria. Nigeria. I think Senegal is probably the best, um, African team right now. Okay. But I don't know if they have their players. I don't even think they're, they've qualified. Okay. And then uh, with Canada, they looked really strong with their your youth, but I don't think they really did much. I don't know if they're in the tournament. I, I'm not. I'm not actually sure of that right now. And uh, it seems like Spain um, has withheld some of their players, for, or not withheld, but the players have withheld from playing this Olympics based on location, based on you know timing. Yeah. So certain players aren't playing, like Marcus Aller. So Spain has dropped down a notch. And, you know, Ben Simmons isn't playing for Australia, for example. Yeah. So it's kind of hard. Like, you could, you'll see, like, a Nikola Jokic. You'll see a um, Mario Hazonia and um, Timofei Luawo or something his name is from France. You're not going to see the stars of the NBA that are international. Sure. Like, you're not going to see a Dirk in Germany. You're not going to see a... I don't think he's a star, but Gorgie Jeng in Senegal and Wiggins and, you know, those people from Canada. So so it's really just, it's hard to really get up for these games because it's kind of dominated already before the game even starts. So I, I have a, just a question and want your thought on this, and we'll talk a little bit about this. So, you know, I talked about 46 players kind of about being... About 46? About, yeah, there's I think there's 46 or about 46. I that's the latest number I saw oh. that were involved in the Olympics from all these different going to all these different countries. Do you think kind of where with what where the NBA is headed that we're actually going to have fewer NBA players involved or are we or are we going to have more? Because it feels like the game at one on one hand is getting more international, but on the other hand it's like all these other events, all these other drivers for more almost like year-round basketball are kind of like are coming back into play. Yeah, it's man, like good point. I don't know the answer to that. I think if you asked me that um, before all this happened this season, yeah, I would say yeah, I would think it would grow, you know, insurmountably. But I, yeah, we're looking at it right now, uh, viscerally seeing examples of people bowing out of playing the Olympics because they want to take care of their body yeah. and work on their game, or maybe the Olympics mean less to them. But the well, Olympics maybe, maybe so the Olympics much. mean less because of of what we get into in our feature segment. It's yeah. like we've been so dominant that oh, it's yeah. just like it's like if you already know the outcome, what's the incentive? And and hope well, I mean, and hopefully yeah. that's not the case. But it's just like you, the U.S. team is going to be extremely dominant. If you're not going to field a team and you're on you're on a separate team, but you don't think they're going to be super competitive. And you don't really want to show your nat, you know, nationalistic side. And it's just like, well, why are you going to be there? Like, yeah. I think you have to represent kind of a higher ideal in going to the Olympics. And if you're not going to do that, 
the Olympics aren't for you. You might as well work on your game kind of on your own or with your, you know, with your other teammates who are not going to be a part of this. Oh, someone to really look out for is Dario Saric. I think he might be one of the best players to look out for okay. um, in the Olympics. It's not part of Team USA. Sure. Anyways, uh, you're right, though. And it's also interesting because I think the leagues, like Euro League and Euro Basket and other leagues that are in Africa and even in Asia to some degree, um, they retain their players and they play their players and they play their veterans um, a lot of minutes. And when someone's like uh, a prospect of coming into the league, they don't play them that much because they're you, they're young, they're inexperienced, and they're already book, they're already on their way out, you know. Mm-hmm. So the, tim- the the teams have gelled from camaraderie and location and not separating themselves from going to the NBA and aspiring to go to the NBA. They just want to be their team. Maybe this is part of this where maybe a little bit more politics come into play. And if you're going to the NBA, you're not really part of this country. You know, you're you're not building yeah, our league. That's that's so you're not a part of our team. That like that you're kind is really of maybe seeing it a little bit with already with certain teams. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It's a two way street though too because the players have to uh, accept that sure. invitation. All right, I want to move on from gameplay because obviously just not a ton of gameplay. Uh, we'll, we'll get heavier into gameplay for next week, but I want to move into player activity. And this player activity this week is dominated by one story, and that one story is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook now. I'm a little bit bamboozled by how how quickly this came together uh, because I was definitely looking for him to be a a potential mover, potentially to Boston or some some other location like that because it sounded like he he really wanted to chase a a championship. But he he really showed his loyalty this week to the city of, you know, to Oklahoma City. And I think that, you know, as a fan of this game – the the players that decide to make it their career in a specific city, a a Tim Duncan, a KG who represents Minneapolis for a long, long time, you know, eventually moves on. But the the players that stay in one location and have just that that huge impact on the game and at the youth in that area, it's it's a big deal. It's a yeah. big deal. So what what's kind of your first take on this? On Westbrook's trade, so this is a three-year, eighty-five point seven million dollar deal. Yeah, with a potential of a gigantic contract. Yeah, extension because the, after because the this. Cap is rising. There's a potential for like a full max of like four or five years for two hundred million. So that's in play for mm-hmm. Westbrook. Westbrook. Um, there's a lot of commentary that I could say on this topic, in behalf of loyalty and everything. I think it's amazing that this happened. It's very soon, and I think it's just because of the uproot, like how much was uprooted from that team, gutted from that team, mm-hmm. and how Westbrook felt. All these years, we were saying, like, man, if Westbrook could just be his team, like, be the only, like, run his team, mm-hmm. who knows what he could be capable of, and he gets that chance now, because who knows who's going to be, be on this team. But um, I still feel like there could be trades in play if this doesn't really work out. Maybe they, maybe OKC internalizes it and brings people in. Yeah, that seems like a pretty strong move because you get to play with Westbrook and maybe like an Oladipo, Adams, Cantor. Who knows who's on that team? But maybe 
they they do this and then they realize their their hand they're not going to be a championship level team Westbrook isn't able to lead a team at, at, at a very consistent level and maybe they do deal him later yeah that'd be on that'd be on the franchise that's not on Westbrook so this was a great move for Westbrook in my opinion in terms of yeah I'm not I'm not betting against him next year for in in the MVP race because this guy just seems like he's motivated and he's going to be he's going to be chasing some in terms of like stats and all that stuff in terms of MVP I don't think it can go to him ever because they're not going to be a first or second seed in the the league well that's usually we'll we'll see we'll see a play out we'll see a play out I, I think he's I think his stats are. He's going to be. be he's going to be breaking records. He, they're going to like be incredible. Double records, points records. He's going to be all over the place. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So, but yeah, they're they're they won't be a probably a first or second, but they will be. You know, I think it will be competitive, and they will be motivated. So, yeah, we'll we'll have to see how it kind of plays out. I want to talk a little bit about one of the one of the facts that I saw on the internet this week, and that was the fact that Westbrook found out about the Durant deal via text. Yeah, and I'm just like, what? No, no, no. I think he heard that the same way we did. Oh, really? The same way okay. we did. Okay, I thought he actually heard from Durant, but you're no, saying you're saying he no actually contact. heard the news like the no, news the same way there was that no we contact. did. Contact. He didn't want to do it like that. They're, wow. they're close. They know each other so well. They'll yeah. get over it. Um, Durant said something about, um, I'm very happy for Westbrook, but we're not probably not going to chat about the contract discussions or anything. Sure. And Westbrook said the same thing. I think they he heard about it the same way we heard about wow. it. Wow. Okay. Kind that's kind of a real big, like, yeah, kind of like a dick move. And I remember when Kevin Durant came into the league, he was like the saint. He had a Bible in his backpack, and he was like this kid, like on a mission for God. And he's like, you know, clean sleeved and everything. Mm-hmm. But then you're seeing all these tattoos prop up in his chest, and he's hiding it under his jersey, and he's trying to be like this <laughs> man possessed. So yeah. And then he breaks up with his Christian, you know, girlfriend who's a Monica Wright from the from the WNBA, and he's like kind of changed man. You can see him getting pissed in the NBA games and getting mad and like changing his face. He took off his backpack. Maybe he's like really trying to be this, not like a villain, but he's like want to really be on the on the public eye, and he wants to do this and be controversial and be. I don't well, know. He's. I mean, he's really just. If he's going to be controversial, he's like, he's so far down the totem pole for yeah, me and being controversial. Like, yeah. dude, you got to take lessons from Boogie have Cousins. You, have you, you seen like, him with his shirt off? Like he is clean sleeved. Yeah, but his entire chest, yeah. his entire like torso. It's just covered in tattoos. Well, he took a, he took a lesson in uh, tattoos from J.R. Smith, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. It's I mean, just, it's just wild. It's just a weird story. I hope more develops because I love the drama in the game. Yeah. But um, Westbrook's bigger than this, man. He's like, yeah, playoffs? Why are you talking about playoffs? Let's yeah. get this game going. No, I, I, think, I think it's kind of the biggest activity. I think it's going to be... You know, as I look at the activity in the league, like this, to me, I don't know what's left for like huge, huge moves this season. It's just like it's been exhausting the pace that we've been on kind of watching these moves. So it's like I literally do not know what's left. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not even going to predict it right now. Um, but I'm interested to watch this. I'm interested to watch OKC develop over next season. So, you know, we'll continue to tap into that. 
Uh, I want to talk a little bit about not quite as big a name players. One, Bradley Beal resigned with the Wizards. First off, is that a you think that's a strong move for the Wizards? Yeah, good for them. I think he's a great player, and you know he's just had a lot of string of injuries. So I hope and pray and cross my fingers that he's he's healthy because mm-hmm. I really want a competitive East. I think the Wizards are always on that brink or on yeah. the preface of the John Walls and teams. the Bradley Beals, and it's like they're capable of bringing yeah. a great team, but but can they do it? Can they yeah. can they work through the injuries and? I, It'd be so cool if John Wall and Boogie Cousins teamed up again. Like, they were part of the Kentucky team. Oh, really? I, I, I didn't even remember that. They were drafted the same year. They took they came out the same year. and I really want them to play together again because it was such a dynamic yeah. in college basketball to see them just beasting in Kentucky. I, I don't know. It's hard to see them on opposite conferences kind of struggle when they were so good together, and it would be great to see them together again maybe someday. That's my, my rumor hot take. Okay. Um, the other one I have is Mason Plumley just officially signing with the Bucks, And I think we've touched on this. In a... The Lakers have officially re-signed Marcelo Huertas. <laughs> I don't... That's my comment on what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, great. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, moving to the rumor mill. I mean, you talked about <laughs> talked a little bit about the rumor mill. I want to talk about something kind of funny, and that's the I'm hearing rumors of Derek Fisher playing again. I, <laughs> who, I think this is kind of out. Well, this is uh, I think this the man himself. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I called up Derek Fisher yeah. and I said, "He tweeted at you, hey, hey, hey." I'm not going to fight you, but I want to know if you're going to play again. <laughs> I, it just seems like, dude, like where it. So you, we talked a little bit about this in kind of the precursor or like pre-discussion up to this episode. Yeah. You said there's a couple other guys kind of in that in that age yeah. range who are contemplating. This is a common again. theme for this episode. This is very light in terms of content, and yeah. this is the dog days. This is truly a dog days episode. Sure. Ron Artest, the Ron Artest, aka Meta World Peace, aka the Panda's friend. <laughs> That's his name currently. Yes. Um, wants to come back to the NBA. Okay. Okay. Uh, Stephen Jackson wants to come back in the NBA. He says he says he can still play. There's a, little, a slew of players that feel that they can still play. So, <laughs> come on, get out of here. <laughs> Tracy McGrady is come on, was on the jump saying he could still play. Tracy McGrady, look at you right now. <laughs> like I don't know. Um, Derek okay. Fisher. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What a what a mess of a man that guy is, man. Like <laughs> Jesus, get out of the league right now. Who did he fight again? Wasn't it Matt Barnes? Man. Bad, bad boy, bad boy, Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes should be in the UFC. He really shouldn't be in the NBA. On my way over here, I took a lift uh, over here, and it was a the driver was an was a I guess he was a former NBA player, which is really wild that he's driving lift. But his son is was in the NBA, and uh, he was just talking about how big of a fan he was of the Warriors. And I said, you know, the Warriors as is, or the the Warriors that were. And he was like the Warriors that were. He was so big of a fan of Baron Davis, Matt Barnes, Jason Richardson, 
Like <laughs> that team was so fun, and then that team that took the Utah Jazz and took them out, and yeah, or no Dallas. Oh, they took out Dallas. the one eight seed. It was so insane, and uh, that was like his favorite moment. And then he said that he, he would uh, watch teams in college play against Davidson. That's Stephen Curry's team, and uh, he just fell in love with NBA, the basketball, all over again because watching Stephen Curry. Mm-hmm. And when he fell to Golden State, he was like, "Man, my fandom can't get any higher." And then I was like, "So what is <laughs> what's what's your off season like right now? What's your day to day right now?" Because guess what, you have Kevin Durant, and he was like. God damn right we do. Like he's so excited. Like the best thing that could have ever happened to that team was losing last year. I like that you're talking about the old Warriors on a lift in Seattle. Like that. That's so that's wild, incredible. Right? I know. Um, all right. La- last story in the rumor mill. I-, I think this was from one of the rumor sites that we had found, and this is Greg Monroe potentially going to New Orleans and joining forces with Anthony Davis. I think that's, I think that's a pretty strong move, and actually makes uh, makes a lot of sense. Makes makes New Orleans a pretty big powerhouse, at least on the on the uh, big guy side. Not so. a powerhouse, but it makes a lot of sense because right now they have a Omar Osage. on the big guy side. On the big guy side, let me qualify <laughs> that. Let me qualify that yeah. they've lost some players, but continue. Well, in terms of Omar Osage and Solomon Hill and Alonzo G and uh, it doesn't matter who else they have. They don't have anyone in the big man front, so they do need someone like Greg Monroe. Yeah. And Milwaukee made a huge-ass mistake by getting Greg Monroe because he completely um, nullifies what Jabari Parker does, and he's <laughs> a, he's just a void on defense. So, And Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis on yeah. defense, so you don't really need to I have mask. an Anthony Davis jersey, so be careful what you're saying here. So. No, I'm saying Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis okay. on defense. All right. All right. What? You interrupted well, no, me. I, I, I didn't said, know. I don't, I, don't know. I don't know what direction you're going to go with Anthony Davis. I, I think just, he's – what the hell? He's I an assume, amazing I assumed, I assumed that you're an Anthony Davis fan, but I wanted to I wanted to say I'm unequivocally an Anthony Davis fan over here. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I love him as a player and as an icon for Unibrows, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Like – <laughs> he's been really riddled, he's been riddled with injuries and yeah. he grew like 12 inches in one year that really changes a game you know like, <laughs> that does that does change a game <laughs> so all right so we're good okay we got to wrap up the dog days rumor mill because it's pretty light right now so all right so that concludes up. this week in basketball we're gonna we're gonna come back to you in just a minute with our feature segment around u.s olympic basketball going to get back into our feature here um, and we're going to talk about USA Olympic basketball because we're as we mentioned kind of at the forefront of this episode we're very close to the Olympics the Olympics are just 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 kicking off but we want to stay focused kind of on the basketball front so I want to talk a little bit about Olympic basketball Olympic basketball has been going on since 1960 I talked in the in the earlier part of the episode, that the U.S. the U.S. team has been dominant. We've won like fourteen golds out of out of seventeen possible medals um, as we as we've been along, and like I think the worst that we've gotten is like a bronze medal in this in the entire existence here. So basically, the 
you know, I think the dominance of the U.S. team really, really comes after this decision in 1989 to allow pros to get involved in the game. (laughs) And really, that kind of kicks off the 92 team. So the 92 team, for those kind of uninitiated to this, is the is pretty much the epic dream team. The epic dream team includes 14 All-Stars, 11 players that would go on to go into the Hall of Fame, as well as three coaches. So an absolutely incredible team. So I'm just walking through this team. So we have, um, let me see, we have Leitner, we have David Robinson, or we have Christian Leitner, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Larry Bird, Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan, Clyde Drexler, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Chris Mullen, Charles Barkley, and Magic, Magic Johnson. Uh, just like just grasping my head around like how epic that team is. Um, it's just amazing. It's so wild. How like when I look back at that that lineup though. The one name that just doesn't make sense to me is Christian Leitner. It's just like, like I know, I know what level he was at during that time, but like, you know, I knew him from a later time as well. So it's just like I, I go to him like, uh, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. But you know, I was, I was kind of reading about this, and it's just like, it's really remarkable kind of how great that team was and how m- many dominant forces. I think they were talking about like, I think it was magic Johnson or someone like this about like how you just don't know who to pass the ball to because you got, <laughs> you got Barkley there, you got Jordan, you got Stockton, you know, you got, you got David Robinson. It's just absolutely just an incredible amount of talent on one team. No, but I read about this. I read about this team, and you would think that Jordan would be that pivotal force on the '92 Dream Team, but but Charles Barkley plays a pretty pretty pivotal role in in that team. So, but you know, I I think with that team and with kind of a lot of other teams to date, let's exclude the pretty terrible 2004 team that goes and loses three consecutive games. Um, yeah. But, you know... Well, the, if, the year prior to, the, to 1992, they won bronze in Korea. They won they won bronze in Korea? Yeah, I think Russia or Soviet Union. But they but they were still playing amateurs at that point. I know, I know. So, so that I mean, that kind of... That kind of change is like 2004 is a little what bit different. Scene change. Well, 2004 is such an interesting year because it's like you have all these players and they're just like... What are they just not taking it seriously, or or kind of what's what's happening? Because it's like if you're playing at the top of your game and you're a pro already, and you have a series of you have a whole collection of other pro players with you, it's like you should be able to do this. So, a couple more stats on the '92 team. So they they played they played eight games. They didn't win by less than 32 points in a game. Oh man, um, there were huge contributions from Carl Malone, Chris Mullen. I heard Chris Mullen was just shooting just outrageously from three pointer. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, I remember, I remember kind of having that box, like the the Wheaties box as a kid <laughs> of the '92 Dream Team. Oh yeah. I remember the. I loved Wheaties back then. I remember the coat. I think I had oh, like yeah. this paper. 
I, I had that paper coat. The paper oh my coat. God. Yeah, yeah. I had that exact same thing. Yeah, just like it was like made out of nothing. nothing. But it was just like it was just like oh, I need that coat. That <laughs> is the that is the dream team coat. So oh I'm probably God. like you know I was born in '85, so I'm probably se- I'm seven at that point. I'm like oh yeah, there Dude, is I, I like there is a coat. it in school with that thing. There is a yeah, there is a dream team coat. I need to get it. What was it? You had to like um, cut off the cardboard uh things on the top and like yeah like the box tops or something like that and send them back yeah i'm pretty sure you had to do that yeah (laughs) no i i think it was i think it was awesome i i think it can't be understated how great this this 92 team is and i just i hope with you know as as new new fans are watching the game that that you uh, that you as like as you're part of this Olympics, you're kind of going back and looking at other other classic teams because I think they they pave a way to what is to, to what is to today. And you know, we talk about the dominance of the U.S. team in Olympic ball, but it's yeah. like we've established like this this tradition of dominance, and it's just like it's kind of set and forth by those that were before us. So. But the 2004 team... No, like, that 2004 team is like an asterisk. It's like... It's so wild, though, because it has all the players that are like Hall of Famers, like future stars from that year. From that year. Yeah. We had like Allen Iverson. LeBron James was on that team. I think he was a rookie, and um, he didn't have probably a huge role on that team. Yeah, but don't had, you have like... Yeah, no. We had Marbury and Boozer. And, well, you had Boozer, but you had... Uh, what's his name? Uh, from Cleveland, you had... Richard Jefferson. Yes, you had Richard Jefferson, had Richard on, Jefferson. on that team. Yeah, that's right. You so, had um, Sean Marion, Mari Stoudemire. Man, it was like <laughs> it could have been like a, such an amazing year, but we ended up winning bronze that year. A mecca, so, mecca Okafer. Mecca <laughs> How long was he in the league after that? I don't know, man. Probably like eight years. Um. Any other reflections, kind of on that on that '92 team, though? I, I mean, they're to me they're the iconic, the iconic US USA Olympic basketball team. Well, I, I mean, don't know if they can ever really, be topped, but it's what really drew me into the league. Yeah, like '89, Minnesota Timberwolves, Miami Heat, amongst yeah. others, Memphis Grizzlies or something, or no, Vancouver Grizzlies were a team. Yeah, no, Vancouver came later. Miami Heat and Minnesota were that year. Orlando, maybe. Orlando was, well. Yeah, Orlando Orlando is definitely in that yeah. period. Okay, so um, I just started really liking professional basketball, and I couldn't watch all the games. But then the Olympics happened in 1992, and, you know, Christian Leitner just got drafted by the Timberwolves. And I was oh, like, yeah. hell yeah, I am so addicted to this. <laughs> I watched all the games. I watched, I got all the, all the you know. Propaganda and yeah, I really fell in love with basketball that year. But you know, I I was a basketball card trader. I you know had 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 it all. I had everything, all the the glimmering, shiny cards. I was like, <laughs> I had to get all of them. Yeah. And what a statement that the U.S. had on the Olympics in general. But that year in the Olympics, not only with basketball, but that year in the Olympics, U.S. completely crushed. And I think that was just a statement that we're here, we, we are completely taking over. But then 2004 happened. Yeah, yeah. So where was, sorry, just going back, this is 
my lack of knowledge and location again. Ninety two was Seoul, right? Was ninety two Seoul? Eighty eight was Seoul. Eighty eight was Seoul. What? Where was ninety two? Um, I don't actually remember. I know ninety six was. Was it Spain? Spain. Was it Spain? That that doesn't sound right. Nineteen ninety two Summer Olympics held in Barcelona. Nineteen. Oh, it was Barcelona. All right, I, dude, your your facts about you just know Spain right now. Well, I, I, mean, I shouldn't be as, doubting. As you were asking me, I was typing it. I well, I, I thought it was Spain. I shouldn't be doubting you. You you rattled off like ten Spanish ball player facts earlier, so I <laughs> yeah. I really shouldn't be doubting you on that. Um, That's all right. But I know that yeah. So ninety two was ninety two was Spain. Ninety six was Atlanta. I think two thousand four was Athens. Mm-hmm. It was okay. Then so let's go into two thousand eight. So two thousand eight is the redeem team. So mm. after that catastrophic experience in two thousand four, we come back to the redeem team. These guys won by an average of thirty two point two points per game, and just established that domination factor again. So they're led by they're led by Kobe, LeBron's on this team. Carmelo Anthony's on this team. Is on this team. Yep. Um, But they Carmelo Wade, everyone. Yeah, but they kind of established this. They established this like rivalry against Spain. I know. Starting in two thousand, starting in two thousand eight, that that kind of gets for the last for the last eight years has been just Just uh, U.S. and Spain, U.S. U.S. Spain, Argentina. Yeah. Basically. but they, you know, they they defeated Spain and just like kind of got their got their mojo back. So that gets us from 2008 to 2012. 2012, it's just like we kind of build on that. So Kobe's still around, LeBron's back there. But now you're adding players like Durant, you're adding yeah. Westbrook into the yeah. mix. Anthony's kind of still in there. Um, you know, they're just they're still a dominant force. But we're not really hearing about players bowing out. Like they want to be part of that team. No, they, I, I would say I would say in 2012, you still got players who want to be a part of that team. Yeah. You still have the super players that that are absolutely into it. You know, they're wanting to go after the gold. They, you know, they end up kind of facing that that Spanish team and winning that gold again. They went eight and zero. There was like I read a fact that there was like one game where they scored like the most ever points. In Olympic ball, they scored like 156 points versus like, I think it was the Nigeria oh, team or somebody. Yeah, yeah, I remember like Carmelo just going so ham on that game, like 37 <laughs> points or something. Yeah. Um. So my, I want I want to go with a couple couple of questions and then a couple predictions okay. as we move forward. One, will there ever be a U.S. Olympic basketball team as good as the '92 team? Is it possible? No, I don't think so. No, I, I mean, I, I would tend to, I would tend to concur because it's just like that team, that team is like the first pro team kind of assembled. It's like the USA program plus the players are trying to make a statement. They're trying to yeah. get things back on track. Yeah. It's just like basketball is in a different era. Basketball, like competing for your country, is in a different era, and the game isn't as international as it as it is now. I really don't I think it's going to be tough to get back there. I think I think the US is going to continue to field very very good teams. 
what I don't think we're going to see those type of players. I actually envision, here's my outlandish thought for this episode, that we we actually go back to a time of including more amateur players or like high caliber college players in the mix in the Olympic team to try and get them exposure. I hope so. I think that was a great that was a great thing that we did with uh, Team USA in the past. Right now we have a what's called like Team Select or Teams like something like Team Select or Team USA Special Select Team. Okay, and it's like all these like players that could eventually be on Team USA, and so there's some college players on it. There's a lot of you know young stars like Oladipo and Levine, and you yeah. know. But it's but it's but they're not a part of Team USA, so maybe it'd be nice to have you know fifteen players on Team USA and three or four of them are from the select team and they're yeah. the amateurs or they're maybe they're the professionals that just haven't gotten much exposure. Yeah. Well, I I just like it because I think the, I think it's okay that the pros are part of this sport it, it, because they represent kind of the highest level of the game, which I appreciate. However. However, there is still an amateurism about the Olympics overall oh, yeah. that that I respect. That yeah. like people are are kind of going for it and they're putting forth their best effort for four yeah. years and really trying to co- to compete at the highest level. That's the best part. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like it's like you kind of take it for granted from the pros because they you're seeing it kind of day in day out with them and yeah. to get to get an amateur who may not go to the pros or. Or who may just kind of represent just the come up at that certain time. To me, that's a big deal. That's a big deal that they get they get a chance to shine against the best players in the league, and they get to compete at the highest level, and they get to compete for for a high higher level trophy and for you know for pride as much as anything. And it's just like I think that's important for I think that's important for the game. I think that's important for these players. But you know. Part of this is just business too. Yeah, it's it's really you know the business of the Olympics that's kind of sneaking up on us. But yeah, um, I want to get into predictions now. Okay, from prediction standpoint for Team USA, you would have to go with there's two two standard predictions that are not really that big of predictions. One, this team goes eight and zero, including including winning all exhibition games, which they already have. However, they also defeat Spain in the finals to win the gold. <laughs> but I guess will will Spain be up there? I I think that's I don't think so. I think this USA team wins the gold. I think they're they're gelling together so well mm-hmm. that I don't think there's anybody to stop them. Um but I don't know who they're going to play. I think it it might be Lithuania, it might be I mean it's what who who does it really come down to? It's Lithuania, it's Spain, or it's Argentina, and they've already. I thought, you know, I watched some of Argentina play. Yeah, I France had a good shot too. Oh, for, yeah, you're right. France does have does have a pretty good Ser- shot. Serbia doesn't they have? Don't they have a good? Yeah, team? Serbia. Serbia does have. They have a few good teams. A they, few good players. Yeah, they have a few good players, but I don't know if they have the extent of Lithuania. Yeah, you're right for well, sure. Um, yeah, I'll just say, like, I don't know how the standings are or how the bracket is. Okay. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's Spain in the finals. I think it's one of Lithuania, Serbia, um, Argentina. Okay. That's what I thought. Sure. That's what I think, rather. I don't think Spain's that great this year. Hernan Gomez 
Okay. <laughs> Rudy Fernandez. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe Jose Calderon. All right. We'll we'll get into the actual structure oh, in in Lull, a, right. His name is Lull. Sergio Sergio Lull. He's really good. But man, you're just your knowledge of just international players is out, outlandish, and we'll we'll have to explore that and test you test your test your limits in future episodes. So. All right, well, that's going to conclude our, our feature segment on USA Team Basketball and just kind of assessing Dynasty and assessing the last couple of Olympics. Um, so we want you to get out there, go watch the Olympic Games, kind of tune in. We're going to get this posted kind of next week, so want you to listen in on, on this and continue to tweet at us. Um, yeah, we'll have all the information. We'll have all the stats. We'll, we'll be going deep into the games yeah. um, as best we can. And I hope you guys follow along. And yeah, so follow follow us on journey. at ride underscore the pine, ride underscore the pine, and you know you can also tweet at us at how three and at gay dota if you have basketball anecdotes that you want to get in the show. That concludes our feature segment. So join us next week. We're gonna go into next week in basketball. We're gonna talk about all the Olympic ball updates as we just addressed. We're also going to talk about. Our big feature segment is going to be on coaching changes, and I think this is going to be a fun episode, kind of laying down all the impacts that have been felt offseason from from a coaching perspective and what that means in tandem with some pretty awesome roster moves. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So uh, Because under the radar, under yeah. all those roster moves with all this organizational shit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into it. Yeah, so we're, we're going to kind of build up and start our progressive move into the preseason. So, All right, this is Hondo. I'm here with Gabe for Riding the Pine. This is episode five. We out. Peace. This has been a Vencast Studios production. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.